This is We Need to Talk About Sam, a podcast where a Supernatural superfan and a Supernatural newbie discuss every single episode of the hit CW show. This week, we'll be covering Season 1, Episode 20, Dead Man's Blood. I'm Kenzie. I'm Haley. And we need to talk about Sam. Voicey on my part, but you know what? We're gonna stick it's, with it. Sounded like you <laughs> did it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. good. Oh, <laughs> uh, we're sticking with it. I haven't decided what song we're gonna use for the beginning of this episode. I don't remember what songs are in here. Um, not a lot. House is Rockin' by Stevie Ray Vaughan and Double Trouble is at the beginning of the episode. Um, by the hillbilly hellcats yeah i got changed to everybody <laughs> there was drinking martinis but me that's a great name <laughs> um when sam and dean are looking for a job at the diner searching for the truth by brian keith nutter was changed to that no, wasn't changed at all <laughs> Just... <laughs> it was changed to the exact same thing <laughs> Um, I think there's at least one other. When the boys tell, when John tells the boys about vampires, Trailer Trash Instrumental by 88 Crash plays. And then when the vampires are doing their, like, party, um... Vampire party. Strange Face of Love by Tito and Tarantula was changed to Walk on Tall by Boo Boo Davis. I'll probably... Most likely the song that y'all heard at the beginning of this episode was Strange Face of Love. Uh, but as of the recording of this episode, I haven't decided yet. <laughs> My first note, though, is that we got a new Previously On segment. Oh, I skipped over that. Oh, did you? <laughs> Up until this point, <laughs> our Previously On segment has been all, every, every single one has been the same since Wendigo, or since, um, not Wendigo, um, what's number three, Dead in the Water? Yeah, I yeah. think so. Since Dead in the Water Forward. Because they've all been the, like... Saving people, people hunting, hunting things. Yes, yes. 22 years ago. Yeah, <laughs> you know. But this time we get a new one, and this one, like, reiterates that there's been drama between Sam and John in the past, why they separate at the end of Shadow. A sign that we're getting close all to the season stuff. finale. Yes. Yes. Which we are. So, yeah. So, we open on Manning, Colorado, um, and we meet Daniel Elkins. We don't know his name right off the bat, but he's going through his hunting journal and a whole bunch of paperwork at a bar. He's a weird mix of Sam and Dean, I guess. <laughs> he gets a refill from the bartender. She tells another customer that Elkin, Mr. Elkins is a nice old man, but he's a little bit strange. And he sits in the same spot every day going through his papers. So we're starting to get hints that he could potentially be another hunter. Oh, right from the start. When yeah. you see... Like, the pages of his journal. Yeah. Yeah, you're like, Which, ooh, hmm, that looks familiar. I mean, this point in season one, we don't really realize that there's, like, a bunch of other hunters. We just yeah. think it's just, like, a family thing. Yeah. But it's, like, a wider universe out there of hunters. It's one of my favorite kind of aspects is the idea that there is more to hunting than just Sam and Dean, but Sam mm-hmm. and Dean don't know that. Hmm. Do they not know that? 
they, they, did. They, they I think they know other hunters are out there, but they don't know the extent of it. Okay, yeah. You know, because the, the idea that John kept them really separate from other hunters, because there's like, there's like Caleb and Bobby and Pastor yeah. Jim. Oh, it's like three dudes <laughs> that they know. That they know, yeah. You know, from growing up. Like, that's not a lot of people. And then <laughs> and I'm sure there's probably more. a couple others. They'll meet more but next th- season, those too. Are like, those are like the ones that they already knew. Yeah. Like, through John. And obviously, like, John has his contacts and stuff, but the boys are very, like, solitary, do-their-own-thing kind of people. Until we get, um, the Ellen's Bar next season. Yeah, yeah. But even then, like, they're very... Like, that's just what they know, is they just go and do their own thing. Yeah. So, but this is, yeah, this is one of our first big hints that there is more to hunting than just Sam and Dean, like you said. Um, but, so, as, as Elkins is, like, enjoying his, or sitting at the bar, a group of, like, young people dressed in, like, leather jackets <laughs> come bar- barreling it, like... Yeah, and being the, very loud and yes, disruptive. Yes, and one of them, a woman, um, who will later, I think her name is Kate, will later learn. Um, she asks for a bottle of Jack. Um, the bartender gets the bottle, and when she looks back to where Elkins was sitting, he's told he's gone. Like all that's left is his untouched drink. Um, and we cut to Elkins' house, and he like pulls up, he runs inside, and finds the woman from the bar, not the bartender, the 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 lady in, like, the leather and stuff, waiting for him. Um, he chucks a knife at her. Like, yeah. hits her right in the stomach, and she's like, really? <laughs> she knew that. You had to, she knew that wasn't going to work. Yeah, I think she literally even says, like, you had to know that wasn't going to work. <laughs> she just like, looks down like a mild, mild, wow. Yeah. Mild inconvenience. Yes, which is our first hint, besides the fact that she, she got, got there, there so, so goddamn fast. Yeah. The that fact that she got is, home in, like, two seconds. Yeah, that this is not human. This this woman is not human. Yeah. Um, Elkins barricades himself in, I think, kind of a study room. He opens his safe, and he pulls out a case with, a like, a disassembled um, revolver inside of it. And this gun. This is our first time seeing... It's the cult. The cult. Yeah. And I love the cult. It's a really cool-looking <laughs> old gun. Yeah. Yeah, I've, designed for I've it's held really cool. a replica of it. Yeah? It's in one of my Fanex pictures. Um, That's cool. There's a replica for it in the trunk of Charlie the Impala. Doesn't it have the um, star on it? Yeah, it's got like a pentagram, and it's got all sorts of d- different etchings around the sides. We'll learn more about the cult later, though. Yeah. For now, Elkins is trying to really frantically put it together uh, when two, um, two, men, two of the men from the bar crash through his sunroof. I think it's a sunroof. It's like an angled window, so I think it's a sunroof. Probably, yeah. And the woman busts down the door. Um, and the and men, like, get, pin him yeah, down. Yeah, They, like, pin him down, and she can't picks up the gun, and she's like, really? A gun? <laughs> you know? Like, you're supposed to be a professional. What Doesn't the fuck are you talking about? the significance of the gun. No. Um, and then she's like, you know, we're gonna eat you. <laughs> and do we see fangs here? No. We don't? No. Ah. It's a, it, like, pans away as they're, like, tearing into him. Yeah? Okay. Yeah, we don't get the fangs till later. Yeah. So this sure. is where... I, I didn't remember. I didn't really look for him. 
Um, but yeah, so from here, I think we get our splash screen here. I did not make a note of it, but we cut to Sam and Dean at a diner going through news, looking for cases, not having much luck. Um, Dean suggests they keep heading east. He, he teases that maybe they should go back to New York, see Sarah. <laughs> Sam's like, yeah, that sounds fun, but we have work to do. And he has found an article about the death of Daniel Elkins, who, um, I think they describe it as like, a like he was like mauled in his house, you know? And yeah. Dean is like, that's a familiar name. That's, that's a familiar name. And he pulls out John's journal while Sam's kind of going through the the details of mauling and a robbery. And he Dean skims around until he finds the entry he's looking for, which is for a D. Elkins and a phone number. Um, and it is a Colorado area code. So they're pretty sure that this Daniel Elkins in the newspaper it's was the a hunter. One. Yeah. Yeah. So the boys go to Colorado and we they break into Elkins' house at night. It is absolutely trashed yeah um sam finds he's like found salt and dean's like like oops i spilled the oops i spilled the popcorn or (laughs) (laughs) found a ring of salt in right inside the door and dean founds finds elkin's journal which he's like this is just like dad's except for this one goes back to the 60s this is a hunter and an old one yeah yeah he's been active for a while we get kind of a dramatic like, eerie shot from outside the house of someone watching. Yeah. Which I totally forgot. I was like, oh my gosh, is it a vampire? And then I was like, no. Duh. No. <laughs> it's not a vampire. We'll find out who it is in a minute. Um, the boys find the room where Elkins died. Sam's like, there was more than one attacker. <laughs> These boys are dramatic as fuck. <laughs> I love them. Um, Dean finds the, the box that the gun was in. Gun and bullets are gone. Um, and there are scratches on the floor. Um, like a hell of a fight. Um, and he uses a piece of paper. He, like, lays a piece of paper over it and then uses a pencil to take a, I think you call it an etching. You know, with, it's like the same kind of thing that cops do in procedurals where they'll, like, there's, like, a notepad in a hotel room, and they'll put another piece over the top. They're, they'll, like, run the side of a pencil lead over it, and it, like, reveals the words that were, like, pressed through from the paper on top and stuff, you know? Yeah. That kind of stuff. I definitely did things like that when I was a kid. You know, when you, like, put a paper over something, and then... Yeah, do Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but someone, presumably Elkins somehow, while he was being mauled to death... Um, someone scratched the location and combo for a post office box into the hardwood floor. I missed that part. <laughs> um, and according to the boys, this is where, this, that's what, that's the way John would do it. Uh, and I bet you that's where John learned it. <laughs> it's from Elkins. I'd, I'd put money on that. Um, yeah. They obviously know each other. Yes, yes. Um, so we go to the post office, and the boys find a single envelope, um, in this P.O. box, and they go back out to the car, the envelope is addressed to J.W., and before they can open it, John Winchester gives his boys a heart attack. (laughs) (laughs) I love this. It's cute. It's a very cute little scene. He, like, knocks on the door, and they're both like, oh my god, and then he just laughs at him. It's adorable. It's a very, very dad move. (laughs) 
<laughs> um, John gets in the back of the car. He read the news about Daniel and came as fast as he could. Um, and he saw the boys when they were at the house. <laughs> this is John. And he wanted to make sure they were be- weren't being followed before he approached them, which they weren't. <laughs> they made sure of that. They were being followed by John. Yeah. <laughs> um... According to John, Elkins taught him a lot about hunting, but they had a falling out, and John hasn't seen him in years. This is a common theme with John Winchester. John seems to be a tough guy to get along with. Apparently. (laughs) Based on his past of falling outs with everybody. Basically every hunter we meet who knows John is like, yeah, no, I ran him off with a shotgun because he was a dick. (laughs) Um, John opens the letter and, you know, reads through it. He's like, son of a bitch, he had it the whole time. It referring to a Colt revolver. Dean saw the empty case, but no gun, which means who or what killed Elkins has the gun and they have to track it down. Uh, according to John, the gun is important, and the things that kill Elkins are what he hunted best, vampires. Um, and Dean's like, vampires don't exist. <laughs> and John's like, they did, but they were hunted to extinction by Elkins and other hunters, or at least that's what John thought. Hmm. Um, and so we learn a bit about vampires here. Should we delve into the vampire lore? Sure. Because John gets into, like, the bulk of it here. Good lord, I have so many pages of notes. So, <laughs> we'll learn some other stuff as the episode goes on. But, for just to get you guys started on vampires and supernatural lore, vampires are a race of beings known for their need to drink blood to survive. At the beginning of the show, they've been hunted to the point where John Winchester believes them to be extinct. Despite this, vampires will be one of the most frequently encountered monsters throughout the show, appearing in 47 episodes. Oh, really? <laughs> across all 15 seasons, except for season four, where they are mentioned, but they never actually make an appearance. Um, so, according to most lore, vampires subsist by feeding on life essence, generally in the form of blood, regardless of whether they are undead or a living person. Vampire entities have been recorded in many cultures. The term vampire was not popularized until the early 18th century. So, um, there's lots of different variants, too. In supernatural lore, vampires have a couple different abilities. They have enhanced, like, sense of smell. They're able to smell humans and other vampires over long distances. And according to John, as we'll learn later, once a vampire has your scent, they have it for life. Um, they also have the ability to see in darkness and have been known to exhibit an animalistic eye shine effect, which we see in this episode, but I can't remember if we see in any future episodes. Um, they're immortal. <laughs> they have infectious blood. Vampiric blood is highly infectious, and that is how someone is turned into a vampire in the supernatural world, is by consuming a vampire's blood. Or, like, when it, if it comes into contact with, like, an open wound or cut. Um, they can heal really quickly from any wound except amputation. Um, and they have a second row of really sharp teeth that emerge from their gums and extend beyond their human teeth, like, in front of them, uh, which allows them to... Something that Supernatural does different than other, like, vampires. Yes, which I really like. Yeah, that's cool. I like it. Also, it gives the impression that vampires can, like, also, like, eat and drink human food. Yeah. Like, they're, like, drinking at the bar and stuff. Yeah, but I, they, I don't think it really does anything for yeah. them you know it's kind of just like a, a for fun yeah enjoyment thing yeah vampires are very hedonistic like 
if werewolves are like animal instinct, vampires are hedonism. Like they are all about pleasure yeah. in every form. Every I guess if you're immortal, yep. you will enjoy life. <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, in the supernatural universe, a vampire is created when a human person ingests vampire blood, but the transformation is not complete until they feed. And in Supernatural Lore, they mate for life, which is a detail that I really like. It's cute. I think it's cute. <laughs> <laughs> um, vampire weaknesses include um, the cult, dead man's blood, as we'll later learn, um, decapitation, scent masking, like serious physical injuries can be really debil- debilitating, um, and then sunlight, which isn't deadly but can cause a nasty sunburn. And their eyesight's are pretty sensitive to it. And they So they tend to sleep during the day. So John doesn't unveil all of that information, but he does get through, like, the a good section of it. Um, not to find where I was in my notes. <laughs> Wait, should <laughs> I go, go into my lore? Yeah, let's go into your lore. Babe did some more research on vampires. This is non-supernatural lore. This is, yeah. like, <laughs> real-life lore. <laughs> um you know, how we've been doing it every episode. (laughs) But here I am explaining again. It's been like two weeks since we recorded last. So it feels like a while for us. It's, yeah. So we're a little bit rusty. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I gathered my information from Wikipedia and history like the historychannel.com but just like history.com is the website um so let's see so a vampire is a creature from folklore that subsists by feeding on the vital essence generally in the form of blood of the living in European folklore vampires are undead creatures that often visited loved ones and caused mischief or deaths in the neighborhoods they inhabited while they were alive interesting uh, so they wore sh- shrouds and were often described as bloated and of ruddy or dark countenance markedly different from today's gaunt pale vampires which dates from the early 19th century um, so early folk belief in vampires has some sometimes been ascribed to the ignorance of the body's process of decomposition after death and how people in pre-industrial societies tried to rationalize this, creating the figure of the vampire to explain the mysteries of death. Um, And the charismatic and sophisticated vampire of modern fiction was born in 1819 with the publication of The Vampire by the English writer John Polidori. And the story was highly successful and arguably the most influential vampire work of the early 19th century. Hmm, That's interesting because I've never heard of it. Yeah, same. (laughs) And then, of course, Bram Stoker's 1897 novel Dracula is remembered as the quintessential vampire novel and provided the basis of the modern vampire legend, even though it was published after fellow Irish author Joseph Sheridan Le Fanu, his 1872 novel Carmilla. Is that where they got the name for the the web series? I'm pretty sure that one's lesbian too. Yeah, the original one. (gasps) Yeah, really? Yes. Okay. (laughs) So I think technically, like one of the first vampire writings is about a lesbian vampire. (laughs) I'm pretty sure. (laughs) I'm looking it up on Wikipedia. 
there's a really great um web lesbian web series Carmilla made, made by some Canadian like studio called yeah. Carmilla. You guys should check it out so on YouTube. <laughs> Carmilla is an 1872 gothic novella by Irish author Sheridan Le, F- Le Fanu. I think is how you pronounce that. One of the early works in vampire pred- fiction predating Dracula, first published as a serial in the dark blue. The story is narrated by a young woman preyed upon by a female vampire named Carmilla, later revealed <laughs> to be Marcala Countess Karnstein. Hey, Karnstein. Uh, the character is a prototypical example of the lesbian vampire expressing romantic desires towards the protagonist. The novella notably never acknowledges homosexuality as an antagonistic trait, leaving it subtle and morally ambiguous. The story is often anthologized and has been adapted many times in film and other media. Well, now I want to read it. There's the web series, yeah. (laughs) Carmilla is a web series on YouTube starring Natasha... I do Nick, not know how to pronounce her last Natasha name. Natasha Nagovanlis. Yeah, it was Carmilla and Elise Bauman is Laura. First released on August 19th, 2014, is a comedic modern adaptation of the novella, which takes place in modern day university, where both girls are students. They become roommates after Laura's first roommate mysteriously disappears and Carmilla moves in, taking her place. The we final... need to finish that, by the way. Did we not finish it? No, we were I only we did. partially through season two. Oh, there's three. Yeah, there's three seasons okay. and a movie. Yeah, that the we final need to watch still. <laughs> the final episode was released on October thirteenth, twenty sixteen. In twenty seventeen, a movie was made based on the series. The Carmilla movie was initially released uh, on October twenty sixth, twenty seventeen, to Canadian audiences through Cineplex theaters for one night only. A digital streaming version was also pre-released for fans who pre-ordered the film. The following day, the movie enjoyed a wide release on streaming platform full screen. Oh, it's really good, you guys. It's you so check good. it out. It's really freaking good. Um, <laughs> I was gonna. I'll leave a link to that web series in the description down below. But I had no idea that was based off of like a novel. I really now want I to read the want... book now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I was gonna briefly go over um, this other history website. Oh yeah. It goes over Vlad the Impaler, who's kind of gives us kind of the modern take on the vampire. Uh huh. Because he was a real person, um, and people think he was inspiration for Dracula, right? Oh. So it's thought that Bram Stoker named Count Dracula after Vlad Dracula, also known as Vlad the Impaler. Um, Vlad Dracula was born in Transylvania, Romania. He ruled Wallachia, Romania, off and on from 1456 to 1462. Um, some historians describe him as a just yet brutally cruel ruler who... Valiantly fought off the Ottoman Empire. He earned his nickname because his favorite way to kill his enemies was to impale them on wooden stakes. Ow. Yeah. <laughs> and according to legend, Vlad Dracula enjoyed dining amidst his dying victims and dipping his bread in their blood. Ew! Yeah. <laughs> I did not know that. Whether these gory tales are true is unknown. Many people. Pe- people. <laughs> Many people. <laughs> believe these stories sparked Stoker's imagination to create Count Dracula, who was also from Transylvania, sucked his victim's blood, and could be killed by driving a stake through his heart. Uh. So, yeah, he is the inspiration for Count Dracula. But according to Dracula expert Elizabeth Miller, Stoker didn't base Count Dracula's life on Vlad Dracula. Oh. Nonetheless, the similarities between the two Draculas are intriguing. The fact that the name alone, like, how common of a name was Dracula? <laughs> I don't know. The, 
included <laughs> driving stakes through hearts and drinking blood. Yeah, I don't know yeah. That lived in Transylvania, but yeah. Okay. How did he? What? <laughs> anyway, it's a really interesting, interesting article. Oh, yeah. we'll make sure we link yes, it. Yes, that'll you guys. that'll definitely be linked down below. Um, I've always yeah. been fascinated There's by vampires. So many different kinds of him. So many different variations on it too. Like that is just like the western. Not More even going into Twilight at all. <laughs> oh yeah, no. or the Vampire Diaries or any of that. No, but like, like there's, um, where is it? Where did my notes go? Um, uh, although man- vampire vampiric entities have been recorded in many cultures, the term vampire vampire was not popularized until the early 18th century. After an influx of vampire superstition into Western Europe from areas where vampire legends were frequent, such as the Balkans and Eastern Europe, this increased level of vampire su- superstition led to mass hysteria and in some cases resulted in corpses actually being staked and people being accused of vampirism. Yeah, actually at the beginning of that article it showed a, a picture of a skeleton who's, they ripped out their teeth they were, like, top teeth, like, their canine teeth, and drove a stake through its heart. Oh, my God. Out of fear um, of vampirism. I have, a, I, have a, I have another story. Let me finish this. Local okay. variants of vampires were also known by different names, such as Vrykolakas in Greece and Strigoi in Romania. Um, yeah, the ancient Greeks actually had their own versions of yeah, vampires, yeah. too. Um, and Romans, I think. Um, one podcast I've been listening to recently is Supernatural with Ashley Flowers. You can find it on Spotify, Stitcher, basically anywhere you can find a podcast. Um, and she deals into, like, weird occurrences and, um, like, she's got an episode about the Mothman, an episode about Bigfoot, and an episode about, uh, the Bermuda Triangle and things like that. Um, but she did one about, uh... A town in New England somewhere, I want to say Connecticut, but I'm not sure, um, where they believed, like, the three, like, the family was basically dying off, (laughs) so, like, the older daughter died, and then the mom died, and then the younger daughter died, and, like, the winner from different, from illnesses and stuff, and then one of the sons, or the, I don't know if he was the only, I don't know if he was the only kid, or, or, like, the only son, or one of the sons, but he was really sick, and someone came to the, the dad and was like, I think one of the, like, one of the dead women is a vampire, and she's feeding off of him, and so they, like, um, opened, like, the tombs and the first two were like decomposing normally uh-huh. and then the third the younger daughter was face down in her tomb <laughs> yeah and so with the That's a i nope guess she had like me. <laughs> she had like fresh blood in her mouth <laughs> yeah and they so they took her heart and they like burned it and then put the ash in, like, a drink and gave it to the, the sick son uh-huh. to drink. I guess they didn't tell him. <laughs> he didn't know. Why, why are they telling him to, to drink like, it? I guess, Is that supposed to, to be a I cure? guess it was supposed to, yeah, cure him. But I think he ended up dying anyways, eventually. <laughs> that <laughs> doesn't like, surprise me, but okay. <laughs> yeah. I'll have to link that episode down below, too, but it, I was like, this is <laughs> what? That's weird, though. Yeah. 
It well, was freaky. Did, it did mention there in was... the article that during the Black Plague, like, part of the side effects, they would, like, bleed out of their mouth when they died. I and don't that kind of added to the tale of um, vampires, were, you know? Like, they were, like, it could... One of, like, the theories as to what happened was that she wasn't actually dead when she was buried. Oh. Um, which is not... It's was, not uncommon. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. uncommon. There's a really famous story that goes around Tumblr about a lady whose tombstone literally says... Um, dead once, buried twice. And it's because they thought she died, and um, well, that's where the and they buried her. And then grave robbers came and they tried to take her wedding ring, but it was like her finger was so swollen that they couldn't get the ring off, and so they decided to cut her finger off. And she woke up. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> Screaming. Uh, they got and a then, heart attack. Oh yeah! And then she went back and she like knocked on the door, and her husband is quoted as saying like, "Oh, if I didn't know better, I'd say that was your mother knocking on the door." And it was. <laughs> it was her. Oh my gosh! But that story prompted things like grave bells. Yeah, and that, stuff. that's They'd where the like, term dead ringer comes from. Yes! They would bury them with uh, strings so they yeah. could ring. Yeah, so if you something woke with, like, up lead in your... poisoning, some, I think, I don't could, know. like, knock them out or something. I guess, but that was one of the theories, was that they, this girl... They buried people prematurely ...wasn't <laughs> actually dead, um, and so she, like, woke up in her grave, and that's why she was face down. But another one of the things that had people believing that dead bodies were actually still alive was stuff like, um, it looks like a dead person's, like, hair and nails grows. But yeah, what's actually happening is their skin is, like, retracting. That's part of, like, the what I was reading yeah. in that article. This people didn't understand the decomposition yeah, process. Yeah, understand how it works. <laughs> now, nowadays, we have, there's literally, like, an organization in the U.S. that you can donate your body to, and they basically experiment and see the different ways that bodies decompose. So, like, they'll put a body out, just, like, out in the middle of, like, the sun, and, like, leave it to, like, the birds. It's not creepy at all. And, like, see how long it takes to decompose and, like, what signs. Uh-huh. will be on the body and stuff at certain points of time and sometimes and then like other ones they'll like cover in like a cage or they'll bury them in like different depths and different soil acidities and stuff and basically just see what happens and by using that information they can look at like a body that's been found and be like okay based off of the decomposition like this is what we know about how bodies decompose in these like types of conditions yeah. so based off of that we think, you know, they probably died around the, this day, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's really interesting. And there's stuff like, people will look at, like, the um, the bugs, like the insects that lay their larvae in, like, a decomposing body, because oh. they have, like, <laughs> life cycles, and so they'll be like, okay, well, like, when, like, at what point in decomposition would these eggs have been laid? How long does it take them to hatch? What's the life cycle like? And stuff like that. Like, you can literally use bugs. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that would be That's my... assuming that it's not skeletonized. If the remains are skeletonized, you kind like, of, like, changes a little different. <laughs> but yeah, you can literally, like, people will, like, donate their bodies to this organization and they do research. And so, and using that research, they can help, like, determine, like, the timeline of someone's death. Yeah. Which is really interesting. That is interesting. <laughs> We're off topic. Let's and really back. gross. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back to Supernatural. <laughs> um, so from the, the from the Impala, 
Um, I think this is kind of while John is talking. Um, in the middle of nowhere, the vampires are drinking by their car. Um, and they see kind of like another car approaching and the the woman vampire tells one of her like nest mates, I don't know, friends. <laughs> the, the, nest mates? No, they're nests. They have vampire nests. What do you want to call it? Nest mates. That's cute. Um, she's like, this That's is, really you know, cute, it's though. all yours. So he lays down in the middle of the road to like lure them to, st- the, the couple in this car to stop and approach. Yeah. Um, before attacking, He's before he, like, he attacks them. Yeah, he plays dead. <laughs> um, so we cut from there to a motel. The boys are asleep, and John is listening to the police radio talk about this attack on the highway, how they, they, these, this couple's just disappeared. Like, I found the car in the middle of the road. The couple's gone. Uh, so he wakes the boys up, explains what they heard, and they, they head out. And we go to the crime scene. Sam is having a bit of an attitude. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> He's getting a little testy. Um, John's coming back from talking to the cops, and Sam's like, I don't know why we couldn't have gone over there with him. Dean's like, oh, it's starting again already, isn't it? He's like, oh boy. <laughs> Dean has seen this cycle before. Yeah. He knows what's going down. Um, but John comes back, and he says it's definitely the vampires. They're heading west. They need to follow him. Um, Sam's like, how do you know it's the vampires? Like... How are you so sure? John's like, you know, you should just trust me. They kind of go back and forth a little bit, but then John shows him that he they found a or he found a vampire tooth, um, which confirms that it was definitely the vampires. I guess they shed their teeth like sharks. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> um. And this, I have mixed feelings about this this bit because as they're like getting, John's going back to his truck and he tells Dean that he needs to take car, better carb of the car, like, or it's gonna rust, um, and he says something like, I wouldn't have given it to you if I thought you were going to ruin it, and Dean looks really hurt, Yeah, <laughs> and it breaks my heart. He takes such good care of yeah, it. Yeah, because this, this car is Dean's, like, pride and joy. He calls you know? it baby. <laughs> yeah. Um... <laughs> And we will talk about it. One of them jokingly said that Dean's married to his car, which is accurate. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like... I guess that's why after season one, it's always, like, so bright spotless. and shiny. Oh, my... <laughs> I hadn't even thought of that. <laughs> you <didn't have> <laughs> No! <laughs> I just thought that the, you know... <laughs> um, so the boys are they're driving, following John... And Dean is reading through some vampire lore, and this is, he learns that vampires usually nest in groups of eight to ten, and they'll like send out small hunting parties to get food and bring it back, where they can feed off a victim for weeks, which is probably what happened to the couple from the nine one one call. Um, Sam, Sam is having an attitude, <laughs> and he makes a comment about how it would be really nice if John would just tell him what he's thinking, you know? Well, cause, oh, because Dean says that's probably what Dad thinks happened to the couple from the 911 call and Sam's like well he could fucking communicate <laughs> uh, Dean point Dean's like we've all literally dad's been back for like four hours and you guys are already gonna fight about this really um, but this sets Sam off he, he's really frustrated with the way that John treats them like they're children much fair enough <laughs> yeah he keeps them on a need to know deal and to be fair, that is exactly what John is doing, and it is because they are his kids. 
um, when they were younger, he needed them to listen, follow orders, stay safe. But the problem is, they're, they're not, not kids, kids anymore. anymore. Yeah. yeah. They are grown Jeeps. men. <laughs> you only a kiss. <laughs> <laughs> they're... Sam and Dean are grown men. They're experienced hunters. He trusts them to go off and do hunts on their own. But for some reason, when they're together, he, like, it's like all that trust goes away. Um, But what it reminds me of is parents who, my own parents are like this, where your kids aren't kids anymore, and they can't figure out how to interact with them. As adults, yeah. Yeah, My parents, I I think that's the struggle everyone has with their parents. Like, you have to create a new (laughs) dynamic as you grow up with Uh them. Uh-huh. So, yeah, Part of them like, will always treat you like a kid. Oh, yeah. For sure. But it seems like John is, he's entirely able, uh, he's unable to reconcile the fact that they're adults and treat them that way, which is something every parent does. Yeah. He's, like just, o- he's overly protective. Yes. Not just that he's overly prote- protective. It's like when, when they're apart, he's like, yeah, the boys can handle themselves. You know, but when they get them all together, he reverts back to yeah how it was growing up. Yeah. Um, I can relate to that. <laughs> and Dean's like, well, John does this for a reason. He makes the orders, they follow him, things, you know, work out. Um, But the problem is, is, like, Sam was okay with that. Well, not necessarily okay with that, but, like, he dealt with it when they were younger. But he, Sam is 23 now. 22, 23. Mm-hmm. Like... <laughs> He's not a child, and he needs he needs John to stop treating him like a child. Um, Sam asks Dean if John or if he's fine with John running things, and Dean is like, um, "Yeah, like if that's if that's what we have to do to get the job done, like I'll let Dad take charge." So we go from here to the vampire nest. They are having a party. They have the couple from the car tied to a post. Um, this, the girl, Jenny, has sass. This <laughs> like, the, one of the vampires, like, offers them beer, and the, the guy doesn't accept it. But she accepts it and then spits it in his face, <laughs> which is But well, they great. do mention that, um, they like the taste of alcohol in their blood. Yeah, yeah. So they must still get a kick out of alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> must do something. Um, but this is when Luther arrives. He is the lead vampire. He is the mate. Of the woman we've already met. I was gonna say alpha, but that's a werewolf thing, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Luther gives the, the the guy that they kidnapped to the nest to eat. <laughs> um, and this is where Kate, the the vampire that we've been seeing, she tells Luther that they found Daniel Elkins. She caught his scent. She wanted to surprise Luther. They tracked him to his house and they killed him. And Luther is not happy. Yeah. Um I uh, cuz he's he's like no there are more there are more people like Elkins out there. You know, they'll mm-hmm. come for us. Um he's right. They kind of expose themselves. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um Luther picks up the Colt though. He has seen this gun before and she's like, "Oh yeah, Elkins stretched. He was going to shoot me with that." Like what an idiot. Doesn't he know guns don't work? And Luther's like, no, this isn't a regular gun. Um, so we go back to the cars. Is it nighttime now? Or is it still daytime? I think it's still daytime. Pretty sure it's still daytime. I can't don't remember. remember. 
<laughs> this episode does have a better timeline than other episodes. Cough, cough, bugs. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's still daytime. Um, John calls Dean, tells him to pull off the next exit because he's found the trail. Sam's like, how did... Dean hangs up. Sam's like, how does he know? Dean's like, well, he didn't say. This pisses Sam off. <laughs> this is kind of the last straw. And he speeds up and he passes John and, like, swings around and forces him to stop in the middle of the road. <laughs> Dean is, like, already out of the car before Sam is, pretty much, because he knows exactly what is going down. Yeah. Um, Sam wants answers. Um, and Dean, or John is like, you don't need to know, you know, like, you should show me some respect, basically. <laughs> um, John tells him to get back in the car. Dean's like, no, we'll talk about this later. Sam turns his back on John, and as he does, he mutters that this is why he left in the first place. Um, and this is, this is such a powerful scene. Jared and Jeffrey Dean Morgan do, I can't just call him Jeffrey. I have, to, it's like you can't just say Robert, you have to say Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? true. You have to call him Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Uh, they do such a fucking good job with this scene. Um... But, you know, John's like, what did you say? And Sam's like, you heard me. And John's like, you know, Dean and I, we needed you, and you walked away. And Sam's like, well, you're the one who said don't come back, Dad. You're the one who closed that door. You're just pissed because you can't control me anymore. Um, and this is powerful. This yeah. is Sam laying out the anger he's been, had building up inside him about that that night when he left for Stanford since that night because like despite I think no, I don't think I know despite all their bickering and disagreements Sam loves John and John loves Sam oh yeah it's just <laughs> they are cut from the same cloth and they will always butt heads as a result they, they talk about it later in the episode they do too. they do um but you know, they had this disagreement and Sam has been carrying this resentment for what John said that night since then. Because, like, he... I don't think he wanted to completely abandon his family. He just wanted to live his own life. Oh, yeah, for he sure. He just wanted to go and do his own thing. And John is the one who freaked out and was like, well, if you leave, then don't come back. And Sam was like... And probably out of spite a little bit, was like fuck you, fine, I'll go then. Yeah. <laughs> you want me to go, I'll go. You know, we'll see how you really feel when I'm gone and not coming back. You know? Which, I imagine that's kind of probably how the the feelings of that night went for yeah. Sam. And now all of that is coming out. And this is when Dean physically, because I think John kind of lunches at Sam a little bit. He, like, grabs him by the Yeah, and this Dean jacket. gets between them. Yeah. <laughs> Dean is like, nope. <laughs> Dean has had to do this way too many times. <laughs> Play the mediator for Sam Poor and John. <laughs> he is not happy to have to be doing it again, but he will. Um, if you notice that Dean's body language when he gets between them, is he, he puts his back to Sam, but it's not in a, like, I'm turning my back on you kind of way. It's a, I am ready to fight my dad if that's what it takes. Like, yeah. he... His body language says... I am on Sam's, like, I will protect Sam. John ingrained it 
in Dean to protect Sammy, and that includes from John. Yeah. Um, and that's not to say that John is abusive. He definitely was a neglectful father in many aspects. Cough, cough, which leaving them alone is for a form three of days. Abuse. <laughs> which is a form of abuse. But I don't think he ever... Like, hurt Maybe them once physically. or twice out of anger. But, like, he... I don't think he was, like, a, you know, you acted out, I'm gonna take you out back and whip you kind of dad. Yeah. Like... Like, I don't think he was, like, a physical punishment in that kind of way, kind of dad, but Dean has been taught from four years old to protect his brother, and he will protect his brother. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I wonder, like, how, I, not I wonder, I'm pretty sure, like, if John had, like, taken a swing at Sam, it would have been John on the ground. Like, Dean would not hesitate. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't think he realizes that he wouldn't hesitate. Some sometimes I think Dean doesn't quite realize how willing he would be to turn on John if it meant protecting Sam. But I don't know. <laughs> These are thoughts that don't have any application to the episode. But my brain's just doing thinky things. <laughs> um. But so. Uh, the boys get back in their cars. And we go back to the vampire nest. <laughs> Luther and Kate are fucking going at it. <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> um, Supernatural vampires really live up to that hedonism. Yeah. They are all about sex, drugs, and, and alcohol. Blood. <laughs> you know? Yeah. They just, they are gonna live their life. Party all night long. Feeling. Sleep during the day. <laughs> yeah. Feeling their best. They just want to indulge in all the pleasures of life. You know? Uh-huh. Um, like get them so they get each other all riled up, and then Kate approaches Jenny, um, and Luther cuts Kate's wrist, and she like drinks some of her own blood, and then basically kisses Jenny. Yeah, she like full and makes out with her. Yeah, <laughs> I remember well, the first I time I saw this. So I was just like, oh, hello. <laughs> um, okay. Um, but yeah, so Jenny has now ingested vampire blood. Through her mouth. <laughs> yep. It's a weird way to do it, but okay. Well, that's that's the primary way that they do it. I thought they w- it was like an open wound. You can do it through an open wound. But, um, at least in Supernatural, the primary way we, like, we see it happen is through the person like ingesting it. So, Yum. Which is gross. But I guess you gotta get used to drinking blood anyways. <laughs> we'll start there. <laughs> uh, so we cut to morning. I guess it was night and now it's morning um some vampires like getting back to the nest late <laughs> luther like comes out like a dad and like get in here <laughs> i don't know why it made me laugh um, you guys doing out in the sunlight <laughs> yeah he's like you guys are late <laughs> you know they broke curfew <laughs> um and we see the the winchesters are watching and this is where we learn that sun burns which is more of a bad sunburn than anything else and the only way to really kill a vampire is to behead it uh, and he's like, while they we sleep during they sleep during the day, that doesn't mean they won't wake up. Like they don't like deep hibernate or anything, you know. And they're they like, don't okay, their coffins with their arms crossed. And... <laughs> no, they're full on in hammocks, man. Um, those the boys are like, okay, well, what's the plan? And John's plan is to walk right in. <laughs> they're like, what? Yeah. Um, so the boys get their gear together. This is an interesting little scene because. Dean's like, hey, Dad, I've got an extra machete if you need one. And John is like, nah, I'm good. And he unsheaths this, like, 
This thing looks brand spanking new. Do we? Is this the point where we see like all his, his weapons set up? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He's got. He's got his like fancy thing, <laughs> and it's. I I like it. I like the comparison between the boys and John here. Yeah. So we have like. But it feels. This is very organized, new looking. Yeah. Whereas like the Impala is kind of like all jumbled together. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, and like obviously Dean knows where everything is in the Impala. But, yeah. Um, it feels out of place. Yeah. To me, at least. Doesn't like, feel like John, John. Yeah, John is this, like, rough and tumble, backwoods guy. He's like the boys, and yet all of his we- weapons look brand new. Like, he polishes them daily. They're sitting in this pristine gray, like, foam stuff. Yeah. And it's really weird, which is probably the point. It's probably supposed to be kind of jarring. Because um, it really emphasizes that John, despite his, like, outward appearance, you know, flannels and jeans, he is on a whole different level from the yeah. boys. And I think Sam and Dean realized this in that moment. They're like, oh, <laughs> they like look at his stuff. So like, oh, oh boy. <laughs> um, uh, it still kind of feels out of place and like very not John, but his I guess it's his truck. <laughs> Literal monster truck. It's, uh, it's a Sierra Grand. It's... I know that from writing fan fiction. It's my lifted Dodge Ram truck. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it makes me think of a big time. Just know John's one of those dick yeah. truck, truck drivers. With the, head, the his brights on uh, right in your rear view mirror. At... We're quoting a TikTok, yes. by the way. Oh my god. <laughs> it's a great TikTok. Um, this is where we learn about the, the cult. Um, cause Dean's like, what's up with this gun? So according to legend, he always, he thought it was a legend and now he knows that Elkins had it for however long he had it. And he wants it. John wants for it. For some obvious reasons. Yep. In 1835, um, he says on the same night as the Alamo, um, and Haley's Comet, Samuel Colt made a gun for a hunter. A hunter just like the boys, except on horseback. Um, and with the gun, Samuel Colt made 13 bullets, and the hunter used six of them before he disappeared along with the weapon. Somehow it made its way to Daniel Elkins. Why uh, only 13? Because <laughs> it's of a time? superstitious number. Oh, yeah. Um, I, that's what I imagine. I would just, like, make all of them I could. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> like a bunch of backup But ones. also having a limited number of bullets makes every time the boys fire this gun important. Well, yeah. I, I understand you know? that so like, for the it's, story. It's a storytelling aspect. But, but like, yeah. practical? Also, no. <laughs> no. Not really. Um, but they say this gun can kill everything. Yeah. Everything, including the demon. Um, and John has been looking for it for years. So, this is, <laughs> this is a big deal. Um, so we get kind of what he was doing on his separate hunt yeah. for the demon. He was also looking for the cult, the right? Yeah. Um, so we cut to the nest, and the boys are breaking in. Um, it's full of vampires sleeping in hammocks. Uh, and the boys, like, creep through. John finds Luther in Kate's room. I think he sees the gun, and he's heading to get it. Um, and Sam finds Jenny. Uh, 
the Sam and Dean are untying Jenny, and they hear something. Dean goes to investigate, and I think it's the guy Jenny was locked up with, but it might just be, I don't know, he, like, finds some people, like, locked in a cage, and I didn't really see who they were. <laughs> oh, so they have, like, more food. snacks later. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, no, the guy that Jenny was with got eaten. I, yeah, that's what I was saying. That's what I was thinking. I'm pretty sure he's dead, but yeah. I think it's some people in a cage. I forgot there was people in a cage. <laughs> forgot, too. Um, Dean's trying to break him out when Jenny wakes up and screams and wakes up the vampires. Um, John... I don't, I don't remember if he shoots, but he breaks the window above Luther's bed and yells for them to run, for the boys to run, and that lets in sunlight, which, like, temporarily, like, blinds Luther and Kate. Yeah. Which, fair enough, even if you were human, and if you were asleep in a dark room, and you got woken up, and then someone immediately shined the sun in your <laughs> face, like, I think you'd be a little blind. <laughs> but they're vampires, so it's extra it blind. Yeah. Um, so the boys all make a run for it. John joins them out by the truck. And they're basically, they're kind of in some trouble, because once a vampire has your scent, they have it for life. But, they have a little time, because the vampires won't come after them until nightfall. So, in the meantime, <laughs> Dean's like, okay, well, what do we do? And Sean's like, you need to find a funeral home. And Dean's face, it's <laughs> so good, he's like, what? <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> I love it. It just cracked me up. Oh. So, go back to the motel room, and this, oh, such a good scene. It's a good scene. This is the kind of stuff that makes me go, Jeffrey Dean Morgan was the perfect actor to play John. Like, he has so much chemistry with Jared and Jensen. It's so good. Um, so, we go to the motel room. John and Sam are there. I think John's, like, doing something with his journal or some research or something. I don't remember. Mm. We know Dean's out getting blood. Yeah. Um, Sam's getting really anxious. He's pacing around. He wants to go help Dean. John's like, Dean's got it. He's fine. He's just breaking into a funeral home. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, and John is trying... He, he decides to, to distract Sam. Because um, Sam's going to wear a hole in the carpet if he's not careful. <laughs> then he'll have to pay for it. No. Nah. They'd probably get out of town before they had to pay for it. Plus, they use fake credit cards. Um, but this is when John tells Sam that the day Sam was born, he put a hundred dollars in a savings account for him. He did the same thing for Dean. Um, it's a college fund, and every month he put in another another hundred dollars. And Sam is stunned to hear this. Yeah. Um, he's like, "Well, if you were saving up for us to go to college, why did you get so mad when I?" wanted Went to, to go to college. college. Yeah. And John explains how after Mary died, all John could see in the world was evil. And all he cared about was keeping the boys alive. And revenge. But, you know, <laughs> he skips over that part. He wanted the boys to be prepared, and somewhere along the line, he stopped being their father, and he became their drill sergeant. Um, and I like... John is being really, not only honest with Sam, but I think honest with himself. Yeah. I think what Sam said earlier has really resonated with him. Was what Sam was like, you just were mad because you couldn't control me anymore. And John has realized that his boys don't know how much he loves them. Like, they don't... Like, they know that he, like, that he loves them, obviously, but they don't 
He's not always the best at showing it. Yeah. <laughs> or communicating it. Yeah. <laughs> and he really, he didn't realize that Sam thought John just wanted to control him and not that John was genuinely scared for Sam to go out into the world by himself, which is what John explains in this scene, is that all he could think about when Sam wanted to go away to school was that Sam would be alone and he would be vulnerable. And it never once occurred to John to think about what Sam wanted. And he couldn't accept the fact that he and Sam are just different in that way. That uh-huh. Sam didn't want to live this hunter life. He wanted to go and I didn't do choose his the own hunter thing. life. The hunter life chose me. <laughs> Such a dork. <laughs> it kind of did in Sam's case. Yeah, it did. Um, but yet John never never thought about the fact that Sam didn't realize that John wasn't mad at him for wanting to leave. He was scared. Yeah. Um, because he I never communicated that. that. <laughs> John's a terrible communicator. <laughs> and you wonder why Dean can't even fucking say I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and this is where Sam, Sam says they're not that different after all. Um, he says not anymore, but actually, they've never been that different. They're two That's sides of the same coin. they always butt heads, because they're yeah, the same yeah. person. <laughs> but now, with what happened to Mary, and what happened to Jess, um, Sam and John have a lot more in common than many people do. Like, they... And this is one of those scenes that really reiterates what Jess was to Sam. You yeah. Because, like, he says... He's comparing him to, in like, Route 666. his mom to John. Yeah, he says in the in Route 666 that they dated for a year and a half, I think. And he, like, obviously, you're like, oh, Jess was important to him, obviously. But this wasn't a, Jess was his college girlfriend. This was a, this was the woman that I was going to marry. Like, he was going to make a life with Jess. Yeah. She was, you know, the only, you know the only woman for him basically um and you know so now he really understands why john is the way he is on that level at least yeah but it's like to lose the woman that you love in that way um and then for a little bit of levity sam asks is it levity or brevity I think it's levity. I don't know. <laughs> I may have just used that word long, uh, wrong. Sam asks what happened to the money, and John says he spent it on ammo. <laughs> oh, such a John Winchester riff. It's a great line, though. Yeah, and this is where Dean comes back with a jar of dead man's blood. Um, stole some blood from a funeral. <laughs> yeah. Which, I... <laughs> Does dead man's blood work? Is it like a goop? Because your blood congeals after you die, and it's not liquid anymore. I don't know. I've never thought of that. Not a thought ever like, crossed my mind. They'll like put it in syringes and stuff, and I'm like, it's how th- <laughs> makes me just, just makes me wonder Ugh. how thick <laughs> the blood is because. <laughs> Goopy blood is an image I didn't need in my mind. What they're probably using for the show is just, like, fake blood. Yeah. I mean, um, as long as you can dip an arrow in it or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But they're, what, they what they're probably using is just, like, fake blood dyed darker. Like, a darker color, because it's more of a black than a red. Yeah. Um, 
but I just the logistics of this are a little shaky. <laughs> All right, so we go to the woods at night. Dean is acting like he's having car trouble <laughs> when Kate approaches and offers to give him a lift back to her place. And Dean says, "I'll pass. I usually draw the line at necrophilia." Dean, usually, usually, <laughs> usually. What did okay. he just say? <laughs> uh, Kate backhands him in response, and this is where another vampire shows up. She's like legit, like lifts Dean up by his jaw, yeah, like like she's holding him by his chin, which doesn't look comfortable. And Jensen would probably imagine it would be. Yeah, yeah. Jensen's probably standing on a stool of some kind or something, but you know, doesn't look comfy. Um, and she kisses him, because this woman's got a thing for kissing people without consent, she, she's apparently. She's constantly horny, I guess. I mean, she's a vampire, but yes. <laughs> um, and Dean says something about how, like, he's, uh... I don't remember the, what he says. Something about how he doesn't stay with a woman longer than a night. Definitely not for an eternity or something like that. And this is where Sam and John come to the rescue. Um, and two crossbow bolts hit the vampires, like, right through the chest. And Kate's suit, Kate's honestly like, are you... She's like, again? Hunters are fucking dumb! <laughs> like, um, and, but John reveals that the bolt was coated in dead man's blood, which is poison to vampires, and right on time, Kate passes out. Um, and then they kill the other vampire while Dean puts Kate in the truck. And they go, they've set up a little campsite. Basically, they're using her as bait for yep. Luther. Yep. Um, which is what John will explain in this scene. Um, he has Dean put saffron, skunk cabbage, and trillium, which I don't know what trillium is, but... I don't know what skunk cabbage is. <laughs> I've never heard of that. <laughs> I don't know either, to be honest. Let's look it up. Google it, my love. Eastern skunk cabbage. Ooh, look at it. Uh, is a low-growing plant that grows in wetlands and mo- moist hill slopes of eastern North America. Bruised leaves present a fragrance reminiscent of skunk. Well, that explains the name. What about huh. trillium? What is trillium? How do you spell that? T-R-I-L-L. Oh, here oh, it is. Trillium flower. The genus of about 50 flowering plant species in the family, don't know how to pronounce that, trillium <laughs> species are native to temperate regions of North America and Asia, with, with the greatest diversity of species found in the south, southern Appalachian Mountains huh. in the southeast United States. Oh, it's like a three... Oh. Three petal Yeah. Plant. Try. Oh, tri- try. Yeah, yeah, that makes trillium. sense. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what does saffron look like? I, I know what it is, but... Saffron? Yeah, saffron spice. is a spice derived from the flower of crocus sativus, commonly known as the saffron crocus. The vivid crimson stigma and styles called threads are collected and dried for use mainly as a seasoning and coloring agent in food. Saffron has long been the world's costliest spice by weight. That is because each one basically has to be hand-picked. Mm. Like, you can't... There's no way to automate it. There's a lot of... Because they're so delicate. <laughs> there's a lot of Indian restaurants nearby called Saffron something or other. Oh, yeah. It's a very <laughs> prominent... Um, Spice used in Indian yeah, food, see, I think. Did you see... Um, 
see this little bottle of McCormick saffron is seventeen dollars on yeah. Amazon. You know, like the, it's I think I've tried it before. Stuff. I think it's pretty good. If you've had Indian, had Indian food, food, probably yeah. I don't think I've ever tried it. I have smelled it though, and it smells lovely. Um, but this whole combination reeks. Apparently, um, the boys are going to dust themselves <laughs> with the ashes, which will hide their scent from the vampires until they're ready. And John is sure that the nest will come for Kate because vampires mate for life, and he means she means more to Luther than a gun. Um, but the blood's going to wear off soon, and they have about a half an hour to do whatever whatever it is they're going to do, because they don't really explain. Like they clearly have already discussed a plan, but they're not going to tell the audience. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not uncommon. Because mm-hmm. then what would we be watching for? <laughs> they already told us what they're going to do, you know? Um, and John tells them to leave the area once it's done. He'll have Kate, and he'll have the gun. He can take care of the remaining vampires. It's like a... They'll be like, it's one against, like, ten. Like, that's dumb odds, but... Okay. <laughs> Sam wants to meet up again afterwards and use the gun together, but John... This John gets really quiet. And even after his heart-to-heart with Sam earlier, he is still planning to leave them out of it. Um, and Sam gets mad at him. Rightfully so. He's like, you can't treat us like children. (laughs) Um, and John's like, you are my children, and I'm just trying to keep you safe, and this time, it is Dean who talks back. Um, and he has a good point, that John has been sending them on hunting trips by himself, like, on their own. He's been, he's the one who told them to go to that town... Burkittsville or whatever it was for Scarecrow. He sent them to hunt the Wendigo. He got them to Jericho. They've had many near-death experiences going on the hunts that he sent them on. (laughs) So he can't be that worried about keeping them safe. Um, And John says he can't make the same moves if he's worried about keeping them alive, which Dean interprets as John saying he can't be as reckless. Um... And this, John is kind of, he, he's honest with him here. He doesn't expect to make it out of this fight in one piece. Mary's death almost killed him. He won't watch his kids die too. You know? And if he's and he too focused. <laughs> if he's find too, out. <laughs> spoilers! <laughs> he's too. We're talking about like seasons down the road here. I'm talking it's still about spoilers. <laughs> two yes. episodes. Um, uh, but in Sam, or in John's mind if um the boys are there he'll be too focused on keeping them safe to do his job uh which fair um but dean dean's like what happens if you die what happens if john dies and there's something the boys could have done this they are stronger as a family this is something that they should do together um but john shuts it down right here he's like nope you're gonna do your job and get out of here that's an order (laughs) So, um, that is the end of this emotional scene. We cut back to the nest. Um, one of the the vampires is the same one I think we've seen a couple times. He was the one who, like, laid down in front of the car and... Oh, yeah, that guy. Got beer spat in his yeah. face and... He looks familiar, that he actor. He looks really familiar. I don't know if I wrote his name down. I wonder if he's in another episode. I don't remember his name. Uh, Hank? <laughs> Maybe? Because Luther... Bo? Is his name Bo? Let's, let me look up the actor. <laughs> I don't remember what this... this. 
Yes, that might I think be it him. is. I think that is him. Yeah. Yeah. He's a Canadian oh, actor. He was in Battlestar Galactica and General Hospital. He looks like the kind of guy who'd be in General Hospital, yeah. Huh. <laughs> who was he in Battlestar Galactica? I don't know. I have to pull up the IMDb. Let's see. It's up at the top. I thought he looked really familiar, though. I've never seen Battlestar He's Galactica. He's a voice, voice actor, too. Hmm. Um. He was Jammer. I don't know who that is. And in General Hospital, he was Dante Falconeri. <laughs> Flash. Something. He, he played... I imagine they're all like different iterations and Dominic of like, the same character. Pirelli and Dominic Falconeri. <laughs> Sounds like it's like twins or something. <laughs> oh, he's also in Stargate. Dr. Boone. Hmm. I haven't seen enough Stargate. Oh, he's in one he's episode a, of Smallville. Small, Smallville, yeah. <laughs> Bruno Mannheim. I don't know who that oh, is. Oh, he was in the L Word, too. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. I've not seen any of these. Yeah, no. <laughs> I only know Smallville because my mom was really into it, and also Jensen was on it. James Jammer Lyman. Blade the series. Kurt. Yeah, he's Bo. Supernatural. <laughs> I didn't realize like, they got Oh, hey, look, he was in Supernatural. <laughs> That's the whole reason we're on this <laughs> tangent right now. All right. He's in a lot of stuff. Yeah. He was in a, a movie called Bloodsuckers. So he's played vampires more than once. Apparently. He's been in two different Stargate things. <laughs> anyway, he has a big. He's got quite the IMDb. He's in the never ending story. He was in Magic School Bus. TV series. <laughs> oh, he was? <laughs> Collar. He played a collar in the Magic School Bus. What are the collars? They're like at the end of the episode. Um, there's that that guy who um he like sits in a little like radio room and he like takes a call that like is a question about the episode. It's like, well, if this and this, then why did this? You know, and so oh. we get to explain some more science. Oh. <laughs> Oh, by the way... And sometimes they're kids and sometimes they're adults, but... By the way, the actor is Dominic Zempronia. Zempronia. Yeah. We may be butchering that. Um, but yeah. He's a Canadian actor. Interesting. He plays Bo the Vampire. Bo Bo the Vampire. Um, I'm pretty sure it's Bo who gets back and he has news that the one vampire, I think Hank is his name, is dead. Kate is missing. Um, and then you hear a truck drive by on the highway, and Luther knows that Kate is in that truck. I imagine he could probably smell her. They have a really good sense of smell, obviously. Or hear, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and in Kate's truck, or in Kate's truck, John's truck, Kate is still unconscious in the passenger seat, and John sees headlights in his rearview mirror. Uh, we cut back to the nest. One vampire has been left behind. Dean, like, sneaks up on him and kills him. And then we find the people who are being held prisoner. Um, John, like, makes, takes a turn of the road, and he finds, he 
like sees the the headlights from the vampire's car like just aren't in his rearview mirror anymore, and then he takes a turn and the vampires are waiting for him. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, and he he tells Luther he like drags Kate out of the truck. He tells Luther that his friends are cleaning out their nest. John wants the gun, and he's saving this gun for something bigger than a couple of vampires, you know? Um, and so Luther's like, okay, we'll make a trade, you know? And so he sets the gun down, John has him back way up, and as John is leaning down to pick up the gun, Kate punches him. <laughs> She's got her hands tied together in front of her, which is probably a bad idea, but whatever. Um, that's why she's able to punch him. And they grapple, and John, like, gets knocked out. Yeah, Apparently Sam inherited, <laughs> Sam inherited his father's glass jaw. <laughs> um, and as Luther's, like, approaching John, a crossbow bolt hits one of the other vampires, and the boys come rushing out of the woods. Um, and it gets kind of messy from here. I wasn't complete, like, I didn't go shot for shot, you know, what happens. Yeah. Sam somehow gets disarmed and knocks down. Dean gets hold a machete right as Luther like drags Sam upright and he's like you know put the machete down or I'll kill him yeah Dean drops the machete and Luther is like <laughs> he has to monologue <laughs> he's like I don't know why you just won't leave me alone we have just as much right to live as you do and then we which is get- a theme that kind of gets brought up again like the vamp like supernatural beings rights to yeah, exist they just which is a thought to you know take into consideration, also, uh, except for the fact that they eat people. Yeah, but the next episode that we see vampires too, that gets brought up again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an ongoing theme. Yeah, um, I think with, it's the easiest to get into with vampires because of all the supernatural beings. Vampires are one of the most humanoid, and they also all used to be human. Yes, yes. So some um, of them not so long ago. <laughs> yeah, um, but as Luther is doing his little monologue, it says they have just as much right to exist. John says, "I don't think so," which gets him to turn around, and then John shoots him in the eyes with the cold. And this is in between the eyes, yeah, yeah, in between the eyes. Thank you. This is this is dramatic. <laughs> it's very dramatic. It takes him a long time to die. <laughs> it takes him a long <laughs> ass time to die. Um... We, like, see his it's skull. a little bit yeah there's like like lightning crackling through his skull and it's a little bit and then the wind rushes around him yeah it's a bit dramatic and the cgi is a little bit janky as usual um, this this is 2005 and these were designed to be watched on much lower quality tv screens than we have um but i do think it's also kind of effective cuz it gives the audience the a feel for just how powerful this gun really is. Yeah. You know? This the drama makes the audience go, Oh it's important. Whereas if he would have just dropped down dead, that would have been less Yeah. Like yeah. Obvious, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit dramatic, but this is the first time we're seeing the cult used. And so I guess they really wanted to lean into the this gun can kill anything. Um, Kate starts to, like, rush forward, but she gets dragged into a car by another vampire, and It's the... not just another vampire, it's, um, the one that she turned... Oh, is it Jenny? Yeah. Oh, I was legit wondering what happened to Jenny. Jenny is now fully into the vampire. Yep, Jenny's a vampire now. now. <laughs> um, and they run away. 
They probably have, like, a bond now since she was the one that created her, you know? Yeah. Made her a vampire. I don't really know if Supernatural gets into, like, this, like, siring. No, I don't remember. But, yeah, I'd imagine there's something. Um, and so... There are lesbians now. It's <laughs> a made out. <laughs> um, back at the motel, John confronts the boys about how they disobeyed a direct order. Um, and they're both just like, dude, we fucking saved your ass. Like, but okay. Um, but then John admits that he, he is scared. But Dean is right. They are stronger as a family, and they will go after the demon together. And that is the end of this episode. The season finale's next. No, it's not. That's part one. Yeah, two more. I know, but it's a two-parter. No, it's not. It isn't? No, that's season two. Oh. Season two is a two-parter. Never mind. <laughs> I thought it was a two-parter. We have the penultimate episode. You have anything else you want to talk about this episode, my love? My love who didn't take notes? What? I did a good job. You did. Without taking you notes. did do a good job. It's because you went off my notes. But <laughs> and I took. And I only saw this like a week ago. So yes. It's fresh in my mind. And I took eight pages of notes if you include the lore and the cast list. Good God. I like supernatural vampires. I think they're interesting. I do too. They're I. They're one of the more interesting. They're well done. Definitely. Definitely. Supernatural beings. <laughs> I feel like of all the supernatural. Like, beings that the boys encounter, the vampires, and it is partially because they are so humanoid. And apparently um, they, they are is, very frequent in the series. Yes, but it is easier to give them a story, you know? It's easier to relate to it's them, too. It's easier, well, yeah, it's easier to tell that story without it just being the boys doing research. Yeah. You know? Um, you With the vampires, they you can cut to the vampires doing stuff, and things yeah. like that and they can tell their own story they're not having their story told through the winchesters which definitely probably makes for some like more interesting episode writing i think uh, not to say that all vampire episodes are good episodes but it does create some diversity also supernatural really likes humanoid monsters <laughs> uh, yeah. and vampires are it's just like teeth prosthetics you know, though Jared and Jensen have said before that of all the monsters to like kill on the show, vampires are one of, if not the most technical, because it's a whole process. They have to like what, chopping so off the vampire. Head? Well, because the way they do it, so they at least this is the way they explain it at the time. And I'm gonna have to find the panel where they explain this, because um, I think Jensen stands in as the vampire and Sam, Jared's playing Sam. Um, <laughs> So what happens is there's like multiple parts to it is so the vampire will be standing there and the boys will do their swing and they'll like stop right before like they hit the neck. They'll like do like a slow swing and like aim uh-huh. and then um, like the person will get out of the way and they'll swing through in the exact same spot and then there's like a thing with like a prosthetic head that gets dropped <laughs> and then the the person playing the vampire has to collapse and then they have to piece all those bits of footage together <laughs> to make a complete Magic thing. Of editing. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. So it's a whole thing. It takes multiple takes and you have to get it just right. They have to swing at the exact same spot every time and That would like, be hard. Yeah. I would imagine probably what they end up doing is like spotting their blade with something like lining up the point with something in the background you know you know like when you're spinning 
and you like look at the same spot every time you pass it and it helps you not get as dizzy as fast yeah um, you know or like so i'll do that sometimes when when like i'm getting like my hair cut my head naturally like tips to the right yeah <laughs> my head just like, I, I like lean forward yeah my haircut. yeah and so you like focus on a specific spot and it helps your head stay still i'd imagine they probably do something similar to get the blade in as close to the same spot as possible also just muscle memory they've done it so many times yeah <laughs> uh, but yeah vampires are probably the easiest to do like special effects makeup wise but not necessarily the easiest for the vfx artists <laughs> They're not easy to kill. No. <laughs> yeah. And in life. Yeah. In war, I guess. In life. In life. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so I think that is it for this episode. Next week. Uh, what is next week's episode called? Penultimate Are we on? peril. Are we on? That's a uh, series of unfortunate events book. <laughs> We're here next week. Yes. Salvation. Next week is Salvation, the 21st episode of season one. And what's the last one called? Um, Devil's Trap, I think. Oh, yeah. I believe. Let me double check. That sounds right. <laughs> yep. That's an intense picture of Jeffrey <laughs> <Yeah>. Morgan. <laughs> oh, these next two ones are so good. Ah, uh, this i love season and then one. we get into season two which yes. i love season two season two is so good okay um so i think that's it for this episode next week is salvation i'm so excited i'm so excited about salvation um thank you guys so much for listening if you've made it to this point <laughs> if you like what you're hearing um i forget that this is a thing we have to do or it should be doing uh so if you guys like what you hear, subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. I'm working on getting us on Google Podcasts. I thought we were, but I fucked it up and we weren't. Um, I submitted us to Pandora and to a couple others. Oh. So, but yeah, we're pretty much on, not every, but on probably a most. Because Apple Podcasts automatically submits the podcast to a whole, like, list of them. Hmm. So, Yeah. Just if, check, see if we're on we've, your favorite podcast app. We've almost got 400 downloads. Yes, yes. As of the beginning of this episode, or beginning of this recording, recording. this episode, we, um, I went on to our Podbean statistics page, and we have and that's almost just for Podbean. 400. And that is, well, that is all of them. Oh, is it, it? like, accumulates them. Let me go to our statistics page, because I want to see where our listeners are from. I've looked at it a couple times, but... We're still on, still at 399. Um, statistics. Overview. Look at, look at, look. Ooh. So mostly from the U.S. Yeah. Although we do have some international listeners. Uh-huh. India, Jordan. Wow. The U.K. New Zealand. New Zealand. Turkey. Turkey. And, and Uruguay, Uruguay. And then and unknown. Un- what's unknown? <laughs> I have no idea unable to identify the geographic locations of these downloads interesting well cool so well, thanks that's guys just for listening all over the world that's from, pretty cool yeah that's just from june 30th to to today july 21st so yeah um i do think there is also 
fact that people use VPNs. <laughs> yeah. So it may be playing into it. Um, I wish we could see, like, where in the U.S. too. Yeah. Like, specifically, like, what cool. states and stuff. Oh, yes, U.S. Oh, it does. Washington, California. <laughs> That's me, Utah. <laughs> or also probably Sarah. Shout out to the six people from Utah. <laughs> six downloads from Utah. Uh, I learned a download is basically when someone listens to an episode for more than 30 seconds or something like that. I don't remember. Hmm. Arizona. Alabama. Texas. Texas. Oklahoma. Illinois. Illinois. Alabama. Florida. Florida. Michigan. Pennsylvania. New Jersey. And Connecticut. Can we see, like, what parts of the different countries, too? The different... We can look at... We don't have any Canadian listeners. Wow, Canada. Or Australian listeners. At least not in this Just month. Just kidding. <laughs> no one from Hawaii or Alaska this month. But, yeah. That's cool, though. Look. Almost 19, almost 20% of our downloads are from Texas. Just from, that's just from the last month. Yeah. Cool. That's neat. Um, almost 30% of our listeners are on Spotify, so. That's sweet. what I listen to podcasts on, That's, so. yeah, I use Spotify or Stitcher, depends. One of those is me. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're also, we're on Apple Podcasts, and if you guys are listening to this through Apple or iTunes, please rate and review us. Um, it helps the algorithm, it helps more people find the podcast. So, also, tell your fellow Supernatural fans. Um, word of mouth is a huge, huge way that podcasts get spread, you know? Also, uh, Babe started a TikTok for Yes! Us. Also, I started a TikTok! <laughs> so, if you guys want to reach out to us on social media, you can find the podcast on Twitter at TalkAboutSamPod. I, I run all these social media accounts, but anything that you guys send in, Haley will see. Like, I'll show it to her. I show her everything on we're, our We're dating, our so. <laughs> yes. But also, it's your we podcast, share. too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you can find us on Twitter at TalkAboutSamPod. We're on Instagram at we need to talk about Sam Podcast, And I am very bad at remembering to post on Instagram. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and then we're also on Tumblr and TikTok at we need to talk about Sam. And I am having some fun making TikToks. I've only made two so far. You did a good well, job. Well, I've made three, but the third one's not out yet. <laughs> least at the time of this recording. So, and I'm having fun with that. Kenzie is a tech-savvy one. I am not. <laughs> <laughs> I just push buttons until it works. <laughs> yeah, that's basically all yeah. my tech um, savviness comes from. <laughs> just pushing buttons. Yeah. You can also shoot us an email at we need to talk about sam at gmail.com. So, if you have something that you... It's gonna be longer than a tweet <laughs> that you want to send in. <laughs> You know, We're always open to feedback, so. Yeah, yeah, we'd honestly, we'd really love Any to hear from you guys. Any constructive criticism, we're happy to hear. <laughs> oh, not, even just, like, people keyboard smashing, you know? One of my <laughs> friends sent me one of those the other day, I was like, that's cute. Keyboard smashing? <laughs> yeah. What's that? It's, have you never seen that? No. Do you not spend enough time on Tumblr? It's basically when someone, it's there, they're implying that they can't find the words, so they're just smashing the oh. keyboard. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we're down for that, too. <laughs> yeah. So if you want to reach out to me specifically, I do run all of the um, social media accounts. But if you want to follow my main account, I'm Lil Red Who Could on Twitter and Little Red Who Could on Tumblr. Haley, 
what are your socials? You can find me on Twitter at lifeflowson3. That's L-I-F-E-F-L-O-W-S-O-N-3. <laughs> you sound like a like a, an ad read. <laughs> you know, I just realized uh, every time I've been telling everyone my Twitter username, I'm like I don't know if people can understand what I'm saying. I do put the links to all our social medias in the show notes. It's the title of or a line from one of my favorite songs I sang in choir in high school. <laughs> oh, I did not know that. Uh, but anyway, I'm, I'm trying to be more active on Twitter mm-hmm. and stuff. You can also find me on Tumblr at hfthoughts-blog. When was the last time you opened Tumblr? It's been a couple months. <laughs> yeah. I'm not on Tumblr I've as been, often, so... I've been meticulously <laughs> tagging every Supernatural post I reblog with the season so that you can Aww. filter out spoilers, but she's never on Tumblr, so I don't know I why I I open it every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. You, if you're gonna reach me, Twitter's probably better. Yeah, probably. <laughs> or just on her... On one of the pod stuff. Yeah, on one of the podcast accounts. Like I said, I run those, but Haley will see anything you send me. (laughs) Unless you specifically say, don't show this to Haley, but even then I might still show her. (laughs) Unless it's like, I don't know. Like, you want to surprise her with something. I don't know. I don't think our listeners are that invested yet. (laughs) I don't think so. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we can always set up a P.O. box later if you guys ever want to send us mail or something. (laughs) Maybe someday. Um... But yeah, it's fun is... to get letters. It is. Letters are I fun. like getting mail. I even if it is digital mail in the form of I don't know an email or a DM or just tweet me your reaction to an episode or is there a detail we forgot or a bit of knowledge that you um, have gleaned from a panel video or something? You know, like we left. We'd we'd really really love to hear from you guys. So. Maybe you're a supernatural newbie like me. And, and getting this is really all, fucking spoiled? All new to you. <laughs> if you want a spoiler-free podcast, um, we will talk about it as your jam. Because they're, oh, specifically, they, sp- they have seen every episode of the show, I'm pretty sure. Um, but they only talk about things up to and including the episode that they're currently covering. Maybe we should do that. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I could. I, I have a hard enough time being like, Babe hasn't seen past the first episode of season four. <laughs> so yeah, like, I'm a little bit I, ahead of season focus, one, but not much. My focus is on not spoiling you. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, the way I see it, most of our audience, I think, has, probably has seen, seen the show, yeah. isn't a supernatural newbie. Um, so my main focus is not spoiling you. <laughs> I made it to season four. She did, and then we got caught up in doing the podcast. (laughs) I want to see what happens next, because I just barely met Cass. Mm -hmm. And I like him so far. You've known him for five minutes. I know. (laughs) He's very likable. So it's off to a good start. Yeah. Alright. So that is it for this week, guys. Thank you again for listening we really do appreciate every single download we get really excited i check whenever i check the number and it's gone out up i get excited yeah so yeah thank you guys so much for listening and we will talk to you next week bye
guys, Kenzie here. I just want to give you a quick heads up that the next 13 minutes or so of the podcast include spoilers for the Black Widow movie, so if you are trying to avoid those, uh, you might want to skip ahead. Should we talk about the Black Widow movie? <gasps> yes! Without spoiling anything. <laughs> oh god, that's gonna be hard. No. For all of those I who have not yet seen it. Yes, I, that was so good. I love that movie. I loved it. It was my second it was time so seeing it. so good. And it was so Oh good. my gosh. I loved oh, it. I love Florence. I love... She is yeah. so... <laughs> I love Yelena. 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 Yelena? Or is it Yelena? Yelena. Yelena? Yeah. Okay. Don't say it like you're Southern. Yelena. <laughs> I don't know why you were pronouncing the second E. Yelena. Yeah. Yel- I thought it was Yelena. No, it's Yelena. Yelena. And then Melina is the mom. Yeah. And Alexi is the dad. Yeah. And the pig. And the pig. Yeah. <laughs> that was a great reveal. <laughs> she was like, don't you see the resemblance? <laughs> no, I really liked that. I really I love the I loved... Russian spy dysfunctional family. It's like yes. my favorite thing. <laughs> that was golden. I've seen some people complain that what's his names? This I guess this is spoilery. What's I'll put name? a warning for spoilers at the beginning of this section. Um, that what's his name, like, death wasn't satisfying enough. They're like, like, they wanted Black Widow to be the one to, like, stab him in the heart. Oh. You know? I mean, he and did was, blow like, up, so. He did blow up, which is pretty <laughs> dramatic. But, like, like it wasn't, like, poignant enough. And I was like, he, d- he didn't deserve it. He did not deserve that. Yeah. You know? This isn't, he wasn't a villain with, like, a deep like, meaning that people were interested and could relate to, you know, like, like, he didn't have this whole philosophical reason for why he was doing what he, he was doing. He was not doing. Thanos. He wasn't, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, Thanos got his, like, sit He's down. He's not Loki. <laughs> like, you know. Yeah. And a villain like that, a villain like Thanos or Loki deserves a poignant death. Yeah. Because they have made the audience feel a thing and think about stuff. But this guy was just a douchebag. Yeah. He's just an absolutely garbage piece of human being who kidnaps girls and then enslaves them. Mm-hmm. Like, no. He doesn't deserve it. He doesn't deserve a poignant death. He deserves to go down in a ball of flames. Which he did. Which he did. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. It's true. And I honestly... Like, was it, like, thematically satisfying? Maybe not for Black Widow, but I think for Yelena it probably was, you know? Because she was one of his widows. Mm -hmm. She was controlled by this man, and then she was the one who took him out. Like, Mm -hmm. I liked that. I liked, I think it was thematically satisfying in that way. Maybe not specifically for, like, Black Widow's arc. You know what would have been kind of cool? Hmm? What would have been cool is if, this is more spoilers, so. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna put a little thing at the beginning of this section being like, beware (laughs) Black Widow spoilers ahead. (laughs) But, um, if Taskmaster would have been able to take (gasps) him out. Yes! That would have been cool. Oh my gosh, but I think that would have been cool, but I also really liked because when we do like finally like meet her, mm-hmm. not as Taskmaster, but as herself, after mm-hmm. Natasha um, Freezer, you yeah. know, a, there's something almost childlike about her. Yeah, I you mean, know, 
I think mentally she is still kind of I a think, child. Yeah, you have what? You had a fuzz on your lips. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I can see it. Um, <laughs> so she like. Well, it may have got been like implanted with a disc in her back yeah. when she was like, well, like seven or something. Eight. I, I don't know. Um, but I, like I do think. Well, it may have if they'd played it up like the right way if they'd gone about it the right way um it could have worked really well to have taskmaster be the one to kill him mm-hmm. but the way that it did the like just leaving everything else in the movie like the same up until like his death it wouldn't have made that much sense no yeah you know unless something else had happened yeah what I like meant. natasha would have had to yeah. have freed her earlier and yeah you know but i that would definitely have been interesting. Um, I do like it. It may have given... It probably might have given him too much poignancy to his death, though. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, though. Like, if anyone deserved to kill him, it was his daughter, to be yeah. fair. Because she, out of yeah. how bad he treated everyone, he probably treated her the worst. Yeah. And that's his own daughter. Mm-hmm. Oh. This man has a little, like, zero respect for women. Oh, Or dude, anyone, zero to be respect, honest. Disrespect for human life in general. <laughs> But especially women, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was a misogynistic douchebag. And he didn't deserve. Yeah. You know, he didn't deserve to sit down and blow away into dust. Yeah. Or, you know, then, like, no. He, <laughs> he got what he deserved. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I love I love that. It's a great movie. It was so it's good. really funny. David Harbour. <laughs> I was surprised oh more God. people weren't laughing in the theater. I was, like, rolling well, the whole time. They were, like... <laughs> eight people in the theater total like there was that one dude and i think there were like two or three a couple rows in front of us and then a f- few like three or four yeah. kids down at the end of our row but even like the first time i saw it i was in a pretty crowded theater yeah like, when i saw it with my Just family weren't really laughing yeah i'm like come huh. on guys this is it's good stuff <laughs> like her whole like poser oh my gosh <laughs> did i why do you, you do that thing when you like whip your hair like that <laughs> It's so good. I'm not a poser. <laughs> did you see, did I send you, I think I sent it to you, the TikTok with that audio in Voldemort. No, I sent you that. No, I sent it I to you. I sent it to it you. It came up on my For You page and I sent it to you. I sent it to you. Did you? Yes. I don't remember. Maybe I don't we remember. sent it to each other and didn't realize. I must have missed it. Oh, like, that was comedy gold. Oh. If I can find it again, I'll drop a link to that TikTok in our show notes, because it's the, the, like the bit that Yelena does where she's talking about Black Widow's, like, weird posing. She, <laughs> she like, lands and does the, the hair the flip hair flip, thing, yeah. You know? <laughs> it's that over, like, someone, like, talking to Lord Voldemort. <laughs> talking about the weird, like, The hand, way he holds the wand. The way he holds his wand. <laughs> it's really like The great. weird claw thing. <laughs> like... Yes. It's so good. It was good. Oh, it was so good. But, yeah, I really loved that movie. I really liked it. We had to wait a long was, ass time for it to come out. It was directed by a woman. Yeah. I didn't realize that. I mean, it makes sense. It was good. It was really good. We need really more uh, I like the... women directors in Marvel because yes. there's also a women director for the Loki series, and that's fantastic. Too. Yes. The, Even though we've only one seen of some the, of it. Like executive producers, writers, directors, so many, so many um, women on the Loki team. And we've only seen half of that. And, like, it was so fucking good. I love that we have, like, women directing women superhero movies. Mm -hmm. Like, we had a woman director for the Wonder Woman movies. Yes. We have one for Black Widow. 
I like it. We need to see yes. more of it. Yes. We definitely need to see more of it. Because I think... I feel like... This is no offense to male directors. They're very good at their jobs. But I do feel like... To understand, like, a woman's specific, perspective. Yeah. For yeah. these specific stories, you need someone, you know, who can understand on, like, a different level you know, the, the, what the, these female characters have gone through. To not through. direct it from a male gaze. Yes. Know? Yes. Because we've seen that, the sexualization of Black Widow in the past with oh, male directors. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and it's not like she different... wasn't hot in this movie. Yeah. It's, it's just, just a, a different, different... It was more focused on her emotions. And her, like, and her character, character. And why she is the way she is and does mm-hmm. the things she does, you know? And less on just, like, oh, she's hot and kicks ass. You know, I mean, she was hot and kicked ass. But yeah, but that she wasn't also like had feelings. The while focus doing it. of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And I we really saw her like kind that. of take a back seat in like Age of Ultron when she was kind of forced to be like a weird love interest oh with Hulk gosh. and. <laughs> oh my gosh! And then they that were was like, so forced. And then they're like, she feels like a monster because she can't have children. And then yeah. I was like, that's. Can I'm gonna. It's just nice to see a different lens on her. Yes, yes. It gave us so much more insight into her character. And I think she appreciated it, too, like the actress, you know? Uh Uh-huh. Scarlett Johansson is one of the executive producers. Did you see that? See her name in the credits? A lot of actors will do that if they're, like, have a solo film, like, I know, or just the film that they're, like, the star of. Like, I know Tom Cruise is an executive producer for the Mission Impossible movies. Um, and it's, it's probably the only way he can exec- get him to <laughs> be able to do his own stunts. Yep. Yep, that is the reason. It's because if he's an executive producer, then he can jump out of an airplane if he wants to. <laughs> no one can stop him. You know? Like, Jared's an executive producer for Walker. Yeah. And it means that he get more has creative story freedom. control. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was actually, Jared was actually the one who went to Anne, the showrunner, with the idea for Walker. Like, he read an article about a, I think an ICE agent who quit his job because he wasn't willing to do what he was being told to do. He was like, this isn't what I signed up for. Mm -hmm. This isn't the job that I, this isn't what I want to be doing. I'm supposed to be helping people, not locking them up in cages. And he quit. Um, And Jared was really inspired by that. Yeah. Like, that idea of being torn between duty and what you know is right and what it would feel like to have to make that decision and be like no this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing yeah you know and that sort of duality and also the family aspect and so he's the one who brought the idea for Walker to Anne and then they like developed it together yeah which was really interesting he actually originally thought about um, when they first, when he first pitched the idea, he was thinking about asking Jensen to play Walker. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And then he, um, they got further into developing the character and he was like, actually, I really, can I do it? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, actors will, like, executive produce on a film that, or a show that they're like, have like a, the starring role in. Yeah. Um, because it gives them more control over the story, the character. Yeah. That makes whether sense. or not they do their own stunts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like watching 
behind the scenes like interviews finally for like Black Widow. Like they have such a cute like relationship and dynamic yes. between Florence and Scarlet oh and David gosh. Harbour and they're all like literal family. It's yeah, so cute. That's so cute. I need to watch some of those. I've seen some videos of Florence on my For You page and she, oh my god, she's adorable. All she does is geek out over Scarlett Johansson. It's the cutest thing. <laughs> she's so cute. I can't wait to see more of her. Man, I was having a hardcore crush on her in this oh movie. Oh my gosh, she's so cute. So cute. I love her vest. Her vest. Uh, and it's the vest that Scarlet Witch or Scarlet Witch, um, Black Widow wears in Infinity War. Uh-huh. She gives it to her to yeah. wear. It it's so, so cute. cute. <laughs> I love podcast called we will talk about it i may have mentioned it before on the pod i'm not sure um but they started about the same time we did um and they've only done one episode a week so they are further behind than we are the one i just listened to was their coverage of nightmare i think Mm. Um, and so they're only doing one episode a week where we've got a couple of combos. Lately we've been doing one episode <laughs> yes, a week. Yes, but... <laughs> but because we got a couple of combos and we're a few episodes ahead of them, like six episodes ahead of them, I think. Yeah. Um, but it's two Australian ladies and the one host, Megan, she's the one who runs their Twitter account. She's always got great tidbits and knowledge and stuff. <laughs> like I didn't know, I learned this today. I listened to their coverage of Route 66 and I learned... Uh, Route 666, and I learned that, um, that wasn't originally an episode that was supposed to exist. That episode was written within a week. Oh, wow. Because the episode that they were going to film originally got lost. What? And, yeah. How do you lose Megan was like, I don't know what happened. It was really funny. His cat was like, no, the intern Gary spilled coffee on the laptop. It was unrecoverable. (laughs) So, but like, no, we don't really know what happened, but they brought in Eugenie Ross Lemming, Robert Singer's wife, and Brad Buckner to speed write an episode Hmm. for them. And it had, and it was Route 666. And I, it, Knowing that it was written in a week, I can definitely see it. You know, I think we <laughs> both like we shit both came out of that episode, episode like more positive than we expected. But it's it not is as, still it's not as bad as people say. It's still a rough episode. It's still rough for sure. And but. it being written with knowing it was written within a week, <laughs> like that makes sense. Yeah, that explains a lot. Yeah. Um. Oh, <laughs> I also learned that. I don't, I don't know, I don't remember if Hookman was number three in the, like, original, like, episode list that I was reading out when we first started the podcast, the the one Mm -hmm. that Kripke tweeted, it was, like, the first five episode synopses. I don't remember if Hookman was number three then, but, um, it was supposed to be number three. Like, they had the pilot episode, and then Wendigo, and then... Hookman was supposed to be number three, and that's the episode where they introduced the idea of um, salting and burning the remains to get rid of a ghost, but there was, like, some issues with 
like the scares weren't scary enough and stuff so they pushed it to later in the season and that is why there's like all this like talk of remains in the episodes uh, leading up to it but no explanation as to why remains are so important <laughs> i didn't know that either that was really interesting to learn that was interesting so yeah they have megan has lots of great tidbits um so i highly recommend that podcast i'm obviously they're only 14 episodes in they're a baby podcast like us but you guys should go check them out you can find them anywhere you can find our podcast i'm pretty sure <laughs> I, still, I need to check them out yeah their episodes are much shorter than ours like half the length they don't include an hour of outtakes <laughs> you sometimes know? that's nice though because i don't want to like commit to like a long yes. episode yes you know? exactly i was like do. that makes it much less intimidating i do i do imagine that our our very long episodes are a bit intimidating. Just know half of it's outtakes, and those yeah, are optional yeah, to listen to. Yeah, yeah, you don't have to. to listen to the outtakes. <laughs> optional. <laughs> if you like listening to people rambling about random shit, then just yeah. stick around for the outtakes. Yeah. But. Oh, oh, they came up, Megan found a really great link that I think I'm gonna add to the show notes for Route 666. It's a, like a collection of essays written by people of color about like how supernatural handles race and stuff. Hmm. That I think cool. I definitely need to read through them because yeah. that's something that I am far from an expert on. I I really don't know enough, you know. Yeah. Um, and I always want to learn more, so I think I think I'll probably drop those. I'll find the link to that for you guys, and I'll put it in the route six six note. I keep forgetting the third six. <laughs> I'll put it in the root six 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 notes, and I'll put it in the the show notes for this episode too, because um, I think that's something that everyone should read. You know, every yeah. supernatural fan, because we all, you know, everyone needs. We're all learning still. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, and especially like Haley and I are both very white. I mean, I am part Native American, but I was raised very white. I don't have the, like, knowledge and mindset and experiences that, like, my cousins who grew up on the reservation have and stuff like that, because I grew up in white as fuck Utah. <laughs> also, um, you know, so grew like, up in white as fuck Utah, so. Yeah, so, like, like, we don't really, we're not knowledgeable about issues of race. Uh, oh, yeah. And if we say th- something that's insensitive or wrong, it is definitely not malicious. It's just ignorance, and we would love to be taught. Yeah. <laughs> so if if anything, if honest, honestly, if either of us ever say anything during the podcast that has you guys going ooh ooh <laughs> oh, please like, let us know. <laughs> yeah, tell us because we really want to know. Yeah. You know, because we want to be better. Like, no, no one's a perfect human being, but we can always learn. Mm-hmm. And being willing to learn, I think, is one of the most, like, important aspects of being a good person. Oh, yeah, for sure. This got deep real quick. Yeah, it did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, should we talk about Supernatural? Yeah. Right. Let's do it. 